Our scripture reading for today comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 15, verses 1 through 9. Hear these words of scripture. I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It, it must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Megan. So today we begin a new three-week series titled Abide. We'll be focusing on Jesus's analogy of the vine and the branches that Megan just read for us from the Gospel of John. And it's one of those stories, those images that we've probably heard quite a few times. And yet, like all of scripture, there is something new to learn. Last weekend, Memorial Day weekend, it marked the beginning of summer. And with summer, we get new routines, different schedules than other times of the year. The days are longer. If we have kids in school, they're out of school, and then we are led to entertain them while we do other things. And no matter what, our days are probably filled with different activities, different routines, watering the garden that we wouldn't do in October or January or March. So as our summer calendars get filled with all of the parties and the backyard barbecues, the adventures and the activities, I want to invite us to pause, to bring us back to Jesus's analogy of the vine and the branches and this word of abide. This week, we talk about resting in God. Next week is about trusting in the Lord. And then we end this short series with a reminder that we are sustained by the Spirit. Let's pray. O oh God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be pleasing and joyful to you, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So this past Tuesday, I returned from 42 days away on spiritual renewal. It was hard, <laughs> it was wonderful, and it was healing. And since Tuesday, I have had countless people ask me, are you all rested? And the honest answer is no, <laughs> but I'm getting there. About two weeks into my spiritual renewal, I was still feeling tired. Physically, yes, but also mentally and emotionally and even spiritually. 
and it began to sink in that this wasn't just a regular tired. This was something deeper, something that went down into my bones and into my very soul. And I started to wonder if I was that burnt out that people keep talking about. But each time I thought about that, I thought, no, everyone is tired from COVID. It's been a a tiring and a tough three years with work and family and everything being upended and having to think and then rethink each and every decision that we made. I'm not burnt out. I'm just really tired. And I'll be fine after a couple more naps. Then... One Sunday afternoon, we, I went on a little road trip with one of my friends, and we were driving through the town that Russ and the kids and I lived in when I was going to seminary. I was telling my friend as we drove, this is where we lived for two years while I finished seminary. And I went to school full-time, and I had two churches that I served part-time. Every Sunday, I would preach at one church and then travel, I don't know, eight minutes down the road and then go to the other church and preach there. And really, I did everything double, one for each church. And it was right after we moved to the area, to that home, that I found out I was pregnant with Corey. And Russ took care of the kids. I went to school, did the the ministry at the church and did all the things. And it wasn't great living out in the country, driving out into the country. Because Russ needs to be around people. And that just wasn't the place for that out in the country. And this was a reality that I have shared plenty of times. That's what we did. That was life. That's what everyone does at some point, right? You just do all of the things because you got to do all of the things to get through. And then I shared... After seminary, after I graduated, we moved to Medina. And then that's where I worked full-time for the church in my first full-time appointment. And Russ started working at a restaurant and finally pursuing his dreams. He'd been following me from place to place, allowing me to pursue my dream and my call, and this was his time. And so then I was the primary caregiver of the kids because he was gone working on his dream. And again, it was something that I shared plenty of times with people, and I shared with no animosity, no frustration or anything. Those were just the, flat, the facts. I was glad that we'd finally gotten to a place where Russ could live into his dreams. And then my friend said, and so after Medina, that's when you, you moved to Brexville, right? And then the pandemic hit. And I said, yeah. And it was at that moment when we were just driving in the car, it was a gloomy day, and this light bulb went on in my head. I thought, wait a second. This tiredness, this exhaustion that I've been feeling, it didn't start with COVID. It went back over a decade. This was when trying to do all of the things, all of the time, for all of the people, and for God. This this was burnout. And it was kind of like I had to like own that for myself. And so then the next couple of weeks, I just argued with myself and with God. 
and it came down to one conversation. And when I say that I argue with God and, and talk with God, it's not necessarily out loud. Um, this conversation was while I was weeding the front, um, the front flower garden and just in my head having this conversation. And I said, I, I told God, but I love my job. I love my family. So how can I be burnt out if I love these things? And God and God's patient and loving voice said, yes, Heidi. But when was the last time that you rested with me without any goal or ambition to achieve? When was the last time you just rested? And I said, well, I do that all the time, God. I read scripture most days and, and I journal sometimes and I, and I pray and then I hear God murmur, yeah, and do most of the talking. And then and I said, I, I go for walks and hike sometimes, and, and that's restful for me. And again, I hear God's comment of, and when was the last time you did that? And I said, well, I just, I just haven't had time. <laughs> and God says, uh, Heidi, when was the last time you rested in me? And I heard myself shout in my head, I haven't had time to rest. I've been doing all of the things for you, God. And then God, simply pausing and smiling and saying, oh, have you then, Heidi? You've been doing it all for me. And that's when I just laid silent for a while and just pulled the, the weeds very angrily. I think it was thistle at that point, so it, was, it needed all of my anger. I wasn't doing the things for God. I was doing the things to prove something to myself, to others, that I was enough, that I deserved to be here, wherever here might be at the moment. I hadn't actually rested in God in years. Not that collapse into God's arms, walls completely and utterly dismantled, shattered even the walls, so that I could be permeated by God's love and compassion and peace. It's soaking through each and every pore of my body, every cell filling me up and making me whole again. I hadn't rested like that in God in years. I rested in God like it was something to add to my to-do list. Did I pray today? Check. Did I read scripture? Check. Was I grateful? Check. Did I journal? Sometimes check. There are plenty of things that we, we do to rest in God spiritual disciplines that I have preached on. I look back on sermons that I've preached here and other places about the spiritual disciplines, the doing. Jenny has taught countless of classes on this. But can I admit to you right now that I didn't actually get the point? I knew it in my head, but it was that head knowledge. It hadn't really done that work of sinking down into my heart becoming that deep heart knowledge, the doing of things, the checking God off our to-do list is not actually the point. It's not, oh, I prayed and I read my scripture and I had my moment of God for the day. 
I am done for the day. Isn't that nice? The point is found in today's scripture from John 15. And I'd like to read it for you from the message paraphrase. Beginning in verse 4, it says, Live in me. Jesus is saying, live in me. Make your home in me, just as I do in you. In the same way that a branch can't bear grapes by itself, but only by being joined to the vine, you can't bear fruit unless you join with me. Jesus says, I am the vine. You are the branches. When you're joined with me and I with you, the relation intimate and organic, the harvest is sure to be abundant. Separated, he says, you can't produce a thing. Jesus says, live in me. Make your home in me just as I do in you. That's that abiding. When you're joined with me and I with you, that the relation, intimate and organic, the harvest is sure to be abundant. I've read these words so many times. And yet I still saw it as a to-do list and not as a resting. This abiding, this resting, it's not something you do. It's something you are. It's like when my dog Hans or my kids snuggle into me. Like there can't be one molecule of airspace between me and them or they cannot handle it, right? Like that's how you snuggle into God. That's how you live with God. You live right there next to God's side, in God's arms, cuddled in. That is your home. That doesn't mean you just lay there in God's arms all the time and just let everything else happen. You go about doing all of the things of the day that need to be done, but all the while you are cuddled in with God. God's love and compassion and peace is constantly soaking into you and God is whispering in your ear, you are loved. You're out in the world and you hear you are enough. You are my beloved. And you hear it over and over and over. While you're doing the spreadsheet, while you're washing the dishes or mowing the lawn, you hear that again and again and again. That is living with God, resting with God. And that's the kind of resting that I'm doing nowadays. In verse, in verse 6, I haven't, I, I've never liked this verse. It says, if you don't remain in me, you're like a branch that's thrown away and withers. Such branches, they're picked up and they're thrown into the fire and burned. And I've always thought when I've read this, well, God, why are you picking up branches, people, and, and burning them, throwing them into the fire? You are a God of love and compassion. Why are you burning people? That sounds opposite. And now I realize, <laughs> oh, when I chose to teach, when I chose to treat you, God, like something on my to-do list, rather than settle in and live with you, 
I withered and I, and I burned out, didn't I? It wasn't you who tossed me into the fire. I tossed myself in. So if you want to ask me if I'm all rested, I'm not. But I'm getting there. Because I've been in the fire for over a decade. Like a silly person. But aren't we all silly people sometimes? And there's quite a bit of healing to do. I cry now. Like, I never, like, I haven't cried in, like, so long. And, like, I'm tearing up. Like, I, I cry now. So just, I'm owning it. And I just want to be aware. Like, don't be startled when it happens, okay? I'm trying to take my time to be kind to myself in my healing, in my resting and abiding with God, knowing that there is, is strength in that healing, and so today I ask you, what about you? Have you really been resting with God? Have you been doing that deep living and abiding with God? Every molecule soaked in God's love and compassion? Or have you thrown yourself in the fire like I did? And if so... I have a story to share with you, a story of love and grace that spans centuries, an opportunity to live with God once more. Because on the night in which Jesus chose to give himself up for us, he took the ordinary bread from his table and he gave thanks to God and then he broke the bread. And he said to his disciples, he said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And then when the supper was over, he took the cup from his table with his, his disciples, his friends. And he gave thanks to God. And he gave it to his disciples and he said, This is the cup of my new covenant, given for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink of it in remembrance of me. Jesus has given his whole self for you, for each and every one of us. Broken, poured out, and it's yours, free to receive. Holy God, we pray that you might pour out your spirit on us gathered here, on these ordinary gifts of bread and juice. Oh God, through your spirit, make them extraordinary. Make them be for us the body and the blood of Christ so that we might be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. O oh God, by your spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world. Until Christ comes in final victory and we get to feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit and your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, almighty God now and forever. Amen. This is Christ's table. 
It is a gluten-free table, an alcohol-free table, an open table where everyone is welcome to come and to receive the grace and the love of Jesus Christ. At this table, we are the guests. Jesus is the host. He has done all of the work. He has set up the table. He's done all of the preparations. And all we have to do is sit and receive to dwell in God's love. So come, for this, there is a seat with your name on it at Christ's table. Let us abide together in love here. I want to invite our communion stewards to come forward and online the body of Christ given for you, the blood of Christ shed for you. We know we are united at this table as it extends throughout the world. Let us celebrate and rejoice.
Let, let us pray. Eternal God, we give you thanks for this holy mystery in which you have given yourself to us. Oh God, this holy mystery that reminds us of community and your compassion, that we are united in your spirit no matter where we are. We are around the same table with you. So God, grant that we might go into your world, strengthened by your spirit, living with you, and giving ourselves for others in your name. We pray these things in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now I invite you to please stand in body or in spirit as we sing our closing song together.
the last thing we do each Sunday is to remind us ourselves that church isn't done when we end our worship, but it is something that goes with us into the world, into our daily lives as we are living in Christ. And so there are so many ways that you can do that through Brexel United Methodist Church that um, we have the bulletin. The back of the bulletin has all kinds of information and actually the front of it does too. And the good word is full of things. And a few of the things that these um, documents will share with you are about the donation drive for um, the Brexville Food Pantry. That is our June donation drive, um, and you can put things in the, the bin in, on the first floor. We also are participating, and we encourage you to be a good neighbor and to go to the BBH Pride Fest that is this Saturday at the middle school. There's information about that in um in the, the bulletin. And then we are continuing our good neighbor experiment the whole summer. You're, you've been good neighbors while I've been gone, right? Why are you laughing at me? This is not a good sign. Well, you can do something about it by participating in the next lab and experimentation. And information about that is in the bulletin, in the newsletter. Um, it's, it begins on June 12th, which is next Monday. And then also we have Worship in the Woods that's coming up. It's The first one is June 16th at 7 o'clock. Again, information at these, um, in these documents as well as bumclinks.com. In a couple of weeks, June 18th, we have Graduation Sunday as well as Teacher Appreciation because we couldn't do what we do here at the church without all of our beautiful and wonderful teachers. And so we encourage you to participate and join us in that. And then Home Days. We are going to have Home Days out here and be part of the community. Be that good neighbor. And so we'll have a fishing booth and we'll also have like all of the pie contests in the world. And so we need lots of help with those things. So check Check these things out, BUMC links. I'm not telling you all the details because let's go enjoy the beautiful day. So let us now receive the benediction so we can go and do God's good work in the world. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and grant you peace. Go in peace and not in pieces. Amen.